It is that time in the week and in the show where we dig into the headlines and get all the nice juicy little nuggets. And, of course, getting all those nuggets these days, the folks over at Black Locks Reporter, which is where we find our friend Tom Korski, who is indeed the managing editor. Hello, Tom. Hi, Alex. All right, so the Prime Minister is uh, flying home on his unicorn from a climate summit that he was uh, clearly very much enjoying. He was out there partying, he was talking to his elite friends, you know. But it's um, surprising because, well, actually, it's not surprising. You guys dug up the numbers of who went, and we sent a team of 277 delegates to go to this conference in Glasgow. Um, Catherine McKenna was attending as a VIP and yet the department doesn't feel it has an obligation to tell us what we paid for this and if we even paid for her journey? No, they don't. It's That's nobody's business. Uh, the the mm. cost will come out eventually, and it will uh, run into seven figures quite easily. Sure. Uh, this would be uh, uh, well over a million, possibly two or three. 277 member delegation. That's pretty large, Alex, and that included, uh, of course, the Prime Minister, his official photographer, his official videographer, his official speechwriter, so that he could uh, recycle uh, previous campaign promises on uh, the coal and uh, oil and gas emissions and such. Although, is that there's sort of a, you know, there's a bittersweet feeling about this conference. Presumably, it's the last. Presumably, they're going to stop doing this. Are, are they not, Alex? I mean, and, and so it's, it's like a high school reunion in a way, you know, and For it's sort people, of, yeah. it's this weird juxtaposition on the one hand, as you mentioned, is sort of catastrophic speeches by affluent people. <laughs> uh, apparently the planet is going to be like a, a, a burned out cinder hurtling through space. Juxtaposed. Which would explain very, why they're having such a good time. With I mean, very partying jolly and cocktail drinking. parties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Without very masks. Very jolly. Very jolly time. Yeah. And, and and so it is, yeah, it's bittersweet. Yeah. Well, it's it's actually more than bittersweet. It's pretty hard to stomach. Uh, when you look at the Paris conference, which uh, they sent like a huge uh, delegation, 300 delegates, but this one's actually not that much smaller, which, um, you know, it... It tells us that they they clearly want to continue going to these things at a time when we know that they can do this stuff by Zoom, at a time when they should be leading by example and not flying in private jets from all over the world. I mean, there's so much hypocrisy behind this thing. Um, but again, we're footing the bill for this, and we're essentially, Tom, paying for our prime minister to go over on the international stage to crap all over this country, to crap all over Alberta and basically tell them, hey, you're, you're going out of business, and I'll do my best to make sure that happens. But it's, you know, I mean, there's no accountability, and there's, I mean, uh, this is like the League of Nations didn't prevent World War II either. I mean, what is the point of these conferences? I will say this point, though. I know that the climate change crowd gets quite prickly when it's pointed <laughs> out the irony of, uh, you know, private jets and uh, mm -hmm. very high emissions, and they see that as an invalid uh commentary, almost a cheap shot. It's not, Alex. It's about uh, credibility, and it's about maintaining this, um, this stated ambition to prevent catastrophe. They present this as an existential threat to uh, the human race, Alex. So why, why are you driving up emissions exactly right? Have a Zoom meeting for once, but it doesn't have the same cachet, does it? I mean, you can't have a cocktail party by Zoom. It's just not the same.
No, you can't. Uh, but it also isn't leading by example. I mean, the prime minister tells us that we have to pay an increased carbon uh, tax because we want to change people's habits. And, and you think, okay, well, one of the ways you can change people's habits um, is by leading by example. Look, we don't need to take a plane to go to Glasgow. We can do it on our computer. Look, we don't need to, you know, um, do all these things with our carbon from like Greta. Uh, you know, she could tell all her legions of followers, don't order Uber Eats 10 times a day. Quit the Starbucks every chance you get. I mean, there are lots of things they can do and lead by example they just never do it they just they don't wear masks when they go and party they tell us not to travel and then they just do everything they tell us not to god bless greta though i'm gonna miss her i mean she's that crazy (laughs) you're (laughs) suggesting she's going away i wish she would but uh, surely surely we can't keep having these pointless conferences every two or four years it's was that the plan? <laughs> it's like Jack Van Impe, my favorite televangelist, used to predict the end of the world every three years until he finally passed away. The audience did diminish over time, Alex, because you can't keep <laughs> predicting Armageddon every 24 to 36 months and then come back with a new program based on scripture or, in this case, science, right? So, uh, how well, you think so, but we keep, we keep buying it. I mean, uh, I mean how, how wrong was Al Gore in 20? 20- 16, yet he's still making millions and millions of dollars. Uh, you know, they, they're never right, and they just change it. Oh, wait, the data channel. It's not global warming anymore. It's uh, climate change now. I mean, they they change the data to, to fit the narrative, and we just uh, we're the suckers who, who pay the bill. Um, I want to talk about this story. This is something that you guys have covered extensively at Blacklocks, but the uh, Globe and Mail picked up this story. Uh, opposition parties want to resume their parliamentary battle for the disclosure of those documents and the firing of two scientists from the High Security Lab in Winnipeg. And, of course, this, uh, you know, went so far as the Trudeau government suing its own House Speaker to make sure that the papers were sealed. And then, of course, all of that stuff falls apart when parliaments dissolve for a an election. Will it be brought back up? And can they actually stop these documents from being released? It will be brought up and they cannot stop it. Why does this matter, Alex? Why are MPs so keenly interested in this? Because it's really odd. It, it was the circumstances were dramatic. The RCMP raided the lab. Chinese scientists who had uh, top level security clearance by the public health agency were fired uh, and, and then vanished. These were uh, researchers who had connections to, of all places, Wuhan. So the point that. MPs are trying to make is, number one, what was going on in this very ordinary lab? We, I understand that the <laughs> feds are very, very proud of it. It's our top-level uh, federal lab. But we see, even through internal emails, management at that lab acknowledged the only reason Chinese researchers went to work in Winnipeg is because they couldn't get hired at any comparable lab in the United States. I wonder why. But mm. public health agency, no problem. Come one, come all. And all of a sudden, the public health agency management got extremely tight-lipped when they were asked repeatedly by members of all parties what the hell happened in Winnipeg, and they didn't want to talk about it. It doesn't have to be a conspiracy, and it doesn't have to be a spy thriller. As one MP, uh, John Williamson from New Brunswick Southwest, put it, it could just be bureaucratic butt covering. But either way, this was mediocrity at a spectacular level, and, and they mm. would like to get to the bottom of it.
Yeah, which is, uh, you know, had the Trudeau government gotten a majority, uh, all would have been just forgotten about, but they didn't get the majority. So my other question then is, you know, there's some rumblings, and I'm not sure how much truth there is to it, that there'll be some kind of coalition between Trudeau and, uh, you know, the NDP, and they'll prop them up for a few years and not bring them down in a confidence vote. If that happens, um, that becomes a real problem to get committees and get uh, any answers from the Liberals. If you've got this little coalition between Jagmeet Singh and, and Justin Trudeau, a lot of those committees will end up uh, being complete kabuki theater. But if you don't have the votes, you don't have the votes. And there were votes, and the Commons Health Committee was one of them, where New Democrats did vote with Conservatives and Bloc members to get those facts. The New Democrats and Conservatives were in lockstep, and quite yeah. often with Bloc members, as it was seen as really bipartisan, you know, transparency, accountability, the public has a right to know. Those were not seen as partisan issues because they're not, unless you're a member of cabinet, right? Exactly. Yeah, it should be. Well, maybe uh, hopefully guys like Charlie Angus will stay on those committees and uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, uh, if they ever get back to work, maybe we'll get some of those answers. I'm out of time, Tom, sadly. But of course, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much. That is Tom Korski, who is managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, which is a subscription-based publication. And of course, you can get that or you can catch up on all the... Uh, Good little details here Monday and Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Stay with us, Alex Pearson on point. This is Global News Radio.